everybody. Hello. Welcome back to the Macaw Podcast Universe, and we are hitting it again. We are deep in the throes of Marvel. Uh, we're in phase forever three. Forever and always. Yeah, in, in some ways it will be forever and always, because we will continue to cover the series as they come out with new movies, and as far as we know, there's no reason for them to stop making them ever. So we, this podcast will probably end, we'll probably die, and they'll pr- still probably be making the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Do you have a pen? Yes, Can I do. Can you hand it to me for a second? For... Wait, wait, what do you need the pen for? I'll tell you. It's just a, I wanted to tell you something after. After the podcast? Yeah. Oh, a little secret. Yeah. Okay. Not um, a secret. It's just an idea I had. No, it sounds like a secret. Um so this is the third and final, as of now, Thor movie, um, and there is going to be a fourth. But uh, and then Natalie we... Portman will be back for some reason. Yeah, which is really weird. But to there's me. no Earth stuff in this one. Yeah, which is what if you remember, if if you forget, we have two other episodes, um, Thor, both Thor movies, and our biggest problems with both of those movies is how they have this earth stuff that's just not very good and it's boring. And it's so heavily based on science, but a version of oh, sorry, a version of science where it's like I'm a normal person, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And there's not enough time in a movie. That's got to be your biggest complaint with this series. Probably. The, well, the Thor and the Ant-Man stuff. Yeah. That's my biggest complaint. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to kick it off. It's It's episode three of Thor Ragnarok. And this one is directed by Taika Waititi. And this is his first big budget, like really big budget movie. Um, he's done such films as Eagle vs. Shark, Boy, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. And then the movie he did before this was Hunt for the Wilder People. And then he did this movie. Was he involved in Flight of the Concords at all? I think he may have written a couple of episodes. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then we have produced by Kevin Feige. Um, it is written by Eric Pearson, who writes for Agent Carter, or wrote for, I don't know if that show's done, um, and some of the Marvel one-shots, which if you're not familiar with those, those were just like short films they made that are in the same universe. Uh, Craig Kyle, who does a bunch of cartoon Marvel shows, like Wolverine. Oh, that's cool. Wolverine and X-Men, Planet Hulk, Ultimate Avenger. Um, and then we have Christopher L. Yost, who also does, um, I think they might be writing partners, Christopher Yost and Craig Kyle. They do a bunch of those cartoon Marvel shows, Just kind of, I thought that was fascinating yeah. that they graduated from like the cartoon Marvel to the, um, the movies. And I guess in some I ways, some this people one's... wouldn't say graduated depending on who you're talking to. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I guess in some ways this is kind of the most cartoony of the movies. It feels like a video game. Yeah. Especially the score. Yes, which leads me right into the music, which is by Mark Mothersbaugh, or Mothersbaugh. Um, and Mothersbaugh. He, <laughs> he did the score for Disenchantment, the... Um, the like oh, show on Netflix. The Matt Groening show. Yes, Matt Groening. Uh, Simpsons. He, um and then he does what we do in the shadows he did regular show the movie no way no way i bet it's like really synth like if i oh it is it is yeah yeah because remember all of regular show show is like synth stuff which regular show huge recommend one of the the best best shows shows out there oh dang it (laughs) Uh, ever out there 
um, and had a genuinely tearful series finale that was actually beyond just funny and goofy. It was a beautiful show. moment of television. Did we finish that show together, or did I watch the end? And you then finished I, it, I watched and it then again, I, I watched and you it. cried yeah, a little bit. I did cry. Um, cinematography, Javier Agurisorobi. Um, A-G-U-I-R-R-E-S-A-R-O-B-E. He did the cinematography for The Promise, the new Poltergeist movie, Blue Jasmine, Twilight Saga Eclipse, and New Moon. And he's done a bunch of others, but those were just some notable ones. Uh, production. So he is like really good like at making people look really pale and glittery, if need be. Uh, yes. That's on his resume, I'm yes. sure. Yes, that is on his resume. I was reading his resume. I don't know why he sent it to me, because I don't have any jobs for him, but I have a couple of ideas. <laughs> um, uh, production company, again, Marvel Studios, distributed by Walt Disney. And the movie comes out uh, November 3rd, 2017. So almost two years ago. Wow. Feels um, like it just came out still. Yeah, and then production budget, this is $180 million, and we got box office. That's all? <laughs> That's so much. Um, we got box office of $315,058,289. Worldwide, it, uh, oh, I didn't add the two numbers together. I just put the domestic and then the separate worldwide, which is it made. Just give us a roundup. Five hundred thirty-eight million nine hundred eighteen dollars eight hundred thirty-seven. So that's somewhere around um, nine hundred million. It yeah. makes um, eight hundred high eight hundreds. Oh, by the way, um, I was going to tell you this off mic, but I will. This isn't the thing that I wrote down. Um, yeah, because that's a secret. It's it's a Shrek related. Oh, okay. I was watching The Office today. Yes. <clears throat> And it was the Valentine's. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I'm such bad mic etiquette. Okay, just say start at. Um, I was watching The Office the other day. I was watching The Office today, and I was watching the PDA episode with Michael and Holly, which is probably season seven. Don't okay. quote me on that, Veronica. Um, and it's when Gabe is sent sent Aaron on a treasure hunt. For Valentine's Day. Don't remember that. Oh, no, no, but. no. No, that's a different one. I watched a couple episodes today. Okay. So I watched the one where Gabe and Aaron are playing Words with Friends. Okay. And whoever wins gets to pick the movies. And Gabe keeps picking horror movies because he keeps winning. Because oh, Aaron's right. bad at the game. And um, it, the movie ends with Gabe winning. And she really wanted to watch Wally, and he's like, "Well, let's watch this robot monster thing. It's kind of like Wally." And then Andy comes up to her and is like, "I heard you guys talk about movie movies, and I, I just finished this one the other day, and I thought you'd really like it, Aaron." And it was Shrek too. And I remember always thinking like, "Oh, that's silly," because they're both just very simple, like dumb people or something like that. Uh-huh. And but then today I'm like, "Good recommendation, Andy." <laughs> it's a very long. It, it, it's a funny, thing. like goofy recommendation though it's such and it's a well, they're, sequel they're both like, adults yeah like to recommend shrek 2 out of all the shrek movies it, well no it, but the the part of the joke is she's like there's a second one oh so she's really excited to watch funny. it that's funny and then gabe's just like what a great guy and if you just hopped in the reason we talked about that is because we just covered the shrek series which you can listen to all of it right now um it's we did a pretty good job and they're pretty dang good besides one well, besides three. The number three, but yeah. one movie. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Okay. Back on track. Okay. Now, I know you don't guess budgets or anything like that. You're so anti that. But can, do you want to take a stab at how much Hemsworth was paid to play Thor in this movie? 
give me a comparison. Like, what was Robert Downey Jr. paid for The Last Avengers? Or for? Uh, I don't know, but I think he's in the 20s. Even at this time? Probably, uh, event, uh, Robert Downey? Yeah. I think so, but I'm not 100%. So let's say he gets paid $15 million. $15 million. Wow. Nice, you nailed it. Um, no and- one can touch you, Robert. <laughs> no one can touch you. And then I wanted to throw this out there because I think this is kind of fascinating. So Aaron, Alan Taylor was the director of Thor The Dark World, mm-hmm. and he had a quote about the movie. So if if you remember, um, listener and Jordan, do you, uh, you remember there was kind of this whole narrative where it's like they had the build-up to Avengers Phase 1, and then in Phase 2 there was kind of trouble in paradise. You know, you had uh, Edgar Wright uh, leaving the project, you had Josh we- Josh Whedon not being happy with Avengers. Um, so you had this kind of thing where everyone was kind of like, Marvel's not letting us be directors. Yeah. Or tell the stories we want to tell. So Alan Taylor, who directed Thor The Dark World, when he was promoting his uh, newest movie at the time, Terminator Genesis, which has the worst... But the one Christian Bale? No. The one after that. It's the one that is a... Uh, everyone hated and it had Amelia Clark in it and it has the worst title in the world because it's like G-E-N-I-S-Y-S. Yeah. What's um, the one with Christian Bale? That's uh, Salvation. Right. This uh, Amelia Clark is the girl from Game of Thrones and Solo. Oh, she's Khaleesi. Yeah. The one character I remember <laughs> yeah. from Game of Thrones. <laughs> so anyway, so the director had this to say, the Marvel experiences were particularly wrenching because I was sort of given absolute freedom while we were shooting, and then in post, it turned into a different movie. So that is something I oh. hope never to repeat, and I don't wish upon anybody else. Whoa, interesting. But what's kind of funny is like looking at his track record for movies, I personally don't find him a very intriguing director, so I'm kind of like, okay, would your... I mean, they pro- in my opinion, I'm like, they probably saved the movie from sucking worse. Because I don't, I don't like always, his movies. You always have to think, too, um, because, you know, now they're getting more interesting directors to do Marvel mm-hmm. movies. Um, or that's how it seems, I guess is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, you always have to remember that if it weren't for the past movies, they never would have gotten to this point. At least I think so. Because obviously totally. the, the whole franchise, it didn't start with them being like, let's get the edgiest directors currently. Because mm-hmm. I think the movie started at a time when people didn't pay as much attention to directors, but today people are paying more attention. Yeah, that's my sense of society. I could be wrong, but that's that's I think the sense that I'm getting. I think people are always paying attention to directors. It's just our generation was finally audience. getting there. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I, and I think that's something um, to kind of talk about too. Is that uh, when they get to phase three, it seems like they really they choose a lot of indie directors. So like Taika, um, John Watts, who John does Gunn. Spider-Man. James uh, Gunn, I mean. Well, he was in phase two, um, but oh, he you're was still of phase three. Yeah, I'm talking specifically phase three. Um, the the two directors for Captain Marvel, I don't remember their names, um, and then. Uh, Black Panther, Ryan Coogler. Mm-hmm. You have just a lot of kind of people who are just like thrown into the big leagues. Although Ryan Coogler had done Creed, which is a pretty big movie. That's but, what I thought. I thought that he'd done that. Yeah, but um, I just find it you get this to go kind up. of fascinating. Um, you just see that metal piece right there? You just have to twist it. I'm sorry. It's just really bugging me. Yeah, no, that's fine. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So what I, what I was... Uh, all of that to say, um, 
it seems like they take this weird indie approach, which I think in some ways is really good because a lot of indie directors are really in touch with characters. But in other ways, for example, this movie, I think Taika isn't super suited to the like that the action in the movies and, and also like just the basic lore of Thor he doesn't seem to be interested in. So all the fun like buddy comedy stuff with him and Hulk is all really, really well done and is really interesting, but the stuff that happens on Asgard and stuff, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it has the gravitas of maybe a more weathered director. Yeah, and I, I've only really seen what we do in the shadows mm-hmm. in terms of his stuff. Um, but you've seen other stuff that he's in, right? I've seen Eagle vs. Shark and it seems I think one other, but I can't remember. He's very concerned with character. Yeah. Which so, is a great um, asset to have. Yeah. But, um, I mean, really, in all the movies, I all those directors... No, not all. Never mind. I was going to make a sweeping statement that I don't think is accurate. But, um, uh, anyway, I just think that's interesting. They kind of take that approach, and then you have all these quotes, especially in these earlier, these first, like, three or four movies in Phase 3, where the directors are like, I actually had a great time. I didn't have any problems with Marvel. So you can tell hmm. Marvel's kind of changing their stance. And I think that's a good, hopeful thing. To me, that maybe indicates that maybe in Phase 4, they're going to be even more creative. You also have to remember, too, and I know you're not making a sweeping statement. I know that. But yeah. some, pe- some people just don't work well with other people. So that's there are people true. who have made movies for Marvel who might feel that way. When if another director had done it at that time, they probably would have had a different opinion about it. Yeah. And I think, but there, but what you're saying, like I agree with you. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, say Phase Four happens and it gets even more like that, which I agree, I think it will just get more like that. There will still be, when you look at IMDb at the news, you'll see still see like creative differences stuff because people yeah. don't work well together. Well, and and what I was going to specifically say about Phase Four, kind of my prediction is, I think, especially as we get to the later part of Phase Four, I think the movies are going to start. Um, visually not looking so similar. Yeah. Um, Because they're kind of diversifying with like Doctor Strange, Guardians, and then this movie too looks pretty different, but there's still a basic like language there. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think, I think in phase four, they're going to kind of, I really think that the Eternals next year is going to be a weird movie. I That's what I hope it's going to be. I hope it's a, maybe a movie that like not everyone loves because everybody mm-hmm. seems to usually like at least like the movie. Yeah. Like their movies, it'd be cool if they maybe were a little bit, a little bit out there with it. Yeah. So speaking of which, um, so Kevin Feige was talking about why they chose um, Taika. Oh, interesting. It's very you had interesting about this. Yes. So um, on Thor Ragnarok, for instance, we shared with filmmakers the ten different ideas that we had for the movie, and that was not a movie but was just sort of blue sky thoughts. And then they would go away and come back and try to turn that into a movie. So they share it to so, a bunch of people. Okay. The and then producers they're like, did. Kevin Feige. Yeah. Okay. And then they're like, come back and give us your ideas and we're going to kind of choose. And Taika, he made a sizzle reel, which a sizzle reel is when you take footage from other movies. Oh, and make like one movie. And, and make like your ideas for it. Oh, heard of that before that's cool um i think he says we so feige says we don't always encourage and oftentimes they can be really terrible um but taiki did a version that was really well good and in it he had um the immigrant song from led zeppelin okay so he kind of like put that thesis in there 
And it sounds like, because I watched an interview with Taika, and it sounds like he kind of, he was like, no, I can do this. Like, I'm going to do this. And he he was interested in kind of putting his foot on a bigger budget and trying something to this scale. Um, So that's that's how he got the job. He did a sizzle reel. Cool. Which is fascinating. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, and then a quote from Taika, which is, Again, something we got to talk about. It's it's crazy. Uh, a lot of what we're doing with this film is, in a way, kind of dismantling and destroying the old idea and rebuilding it in a new way that's fresh. Everyone's got a slight new take on their character, so in that way, it feels like this is the first Thor. Um, do you have any thoughts on that statement? I don't know about it being a first Thor. I just genuinely don't know. But mm-hmm. I do think that the, it is interesting in the movie where, like... Um, you know, like Asgard's under, you know, attack. Shocker yeah. there. And so Thor like needs to save it, which is kind of the thing. I mean, he's a superhero. It's how it goes. Um, but what I like about it is that um, he doesn't save what he thinks of as Asgard. Like movie ends and he kind of thinks he failed, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But then Idris Elba, I don't remember his character's name. Heimdale. Idris Elba's character told him that that's not Asgard. Yeah. I, I like that mm-hmm. message of it, and that f- feels unconventional for a superhero movie. Yeah. Movie, not comic book, because I'm sure that's all over comic books yeah, and probably. stuff. But um, I like that kind of thing, flipping that on its head a little bit, mm-hmm. just being so concerned about saving what he thinks he's saving when yeah. it's like he actually did win. Yeah. But I don't know if that's even like is what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, for what I get from it... um. And I, th- I guess I just think that this movie does have like such a tone shift from Thor one and two that it does feel, it feels kind of like, um, like when someone reboots a franchise. I mean, and that's kind of what it is, where they're like, okay, we're gonna get rid of some of the fluff that we don't like, um, and let's get it started. Like, let's this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. And in some ways. I really like that. I do like the humor aspect. I like the immigrant song. Um, but but there is kind of a weird disconnect, I think, between the other two movies. And yeah. I can't quite reconcile it. Um, I do think this is the best Thor movie, but I, we still haven't got a great Thor movie. I think this is going to be a little controversial because most people really love this movie. But how many people have rewatched it? Yeah. That's the question, I think, is how many people have rewatched it. Yeah. Um, sorry, I keep burping. We shouldn't be drinking LaCroix while we're recording. But I, I um, think I think that it's 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 good and it's fine if people really like it. But I, I again, rewatchability, it, it does kind of go down each time, I mm-hmm. think, for me. I think one thing that's interesting if you could because the movie's much funnier and a lot of that's because of Taika. Yeah. Um and I think they improvised th- a lot on set. Which is cool. And what I think is funny about that, if you think about it in terms of the world, like, so he was an Age of Ultron, right? Who? Thor. Yes. Um, And then that, that ended, and then this is the next time we see him. Like, he just goes home. Yeah. Well, he doesn't go home. How does this movie start again? The movie starts with him. He's been out. Oh, okay. He's, he's been in the hellscape. He's been doing Thor stuff, just not yeah. on Earth. Yeah. Okay. Um. What's interesting, though, because the first two movies, especially Avengers, like he has been integrated into human society, mm-hmm. more spe- most specifically American society. Um, and what's interesting is like his first movie, his first two movies, like they have your basic Marvel humor, but not from him. Like yes. he, he doesn't really have a sense of humor. 
really. It's his humor is more fish out of water. Yes, than it is. This movie characteristic. very different. He has yeah. a sense of humor now. He it's it feels improvisational and stuff. And I think if you think about it, it's kind of fun to think like, oh, he he's Americanized. Yeah, in a way. I just think that's interesting to like in a way it'll be like that's why this movie's funnier than the other ones. Well, more like he's New Zealandized. Well, that's true, but it's like how could it not be funnier? Yeah. Because of the other ones. Yeah. If that that makes sense. And think, I'm only speaking I think I'm to not the... tracking on this on this idea. Okay. Can you can you try to say um, it again? I got to put my phone on do not disturb. Um I just think that his other movies aren't that funny. They right. always they always try to make them very folklore Lord of the Ringsy. Yes. I think. Yes. Besides the dumb earth stuff. Yeah. This movie, very funny. Mm-hmm. And let's just ignore the fact that it's directed by a, a comedy director. Okay. I think it's funny to think that it's f- like, how could it not be funnier each time? Because he has been Americanized. Thor has been Americanized. Oh, the character. The character oh, Thor I see what you're saying. has been Amer- Americanized. Uh, yes. He's like, he's like developed. It's kind of like Drax. He's like developed a sense of humor. In okay. A way. I like that. And I, I, like I that. think that like, if he was the same Thor the whole time, it mm-hmm. would not be, it would be a not great of, not as good of a movie. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I track with you. Way to go. Thanks for sticking it out until I could understand. Um, we're still not even done with my you production You get it done notes. with the production notes. I'm almost done. So the movie happens four years after Thor 2, two years after Ultron, and around the same time as Civil War and Homecoming. Um, inspiration was, uh, he, he quoted um, 48 Hours, which is like a cop buddy movie. Um, oh, no, I did a misquote, so I don't know. It says with nail and I. I don't know what that is. He watched um, it with a nail? <laughs> planes, trains, and automobiles. Wait, who's doing this? Taika. Okay. These were like inspirations. And I'm assuming okay. this is between like the Hulk and him relationship. Um, and you then, can, like, can you turn your phone off or something? Is it's, my phone going off? Fo- we're in a text thread with your family. Oh, I didn't know that. I Sorry, it's, it. it's driving me nuts. Um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Flash Gordon was another inspiration on the movie that that movie uh director runtime was two hours and 40 minutes and then it was cut to 90 minutes whoa and then after comic-con uh they tested some of the jokes and they comic-con people like really liked that and then they extended the runtime back to two hours and 10 minutes um originally the gauntlet so uh in this movie kate blanchett goes into this museum of architects and she's saying everything's fake so the gauntlet the Infinity Gauntlet is shown in Thor 1. I didn't catch it when we watched it. Oh, you didn't? Or maybe I did. Did I? It was so long ago, but I'm pretty sure you and I were like, wait, what? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then... Um, and I think we were like, it's just got to be an Easter egg. Yes. Don't, yeah. don't think about it. Yeah. And and so then... Uh, the, so the Gauntlet made an appearance in the original Thor. So the whole reason they did that whole scene was just so that Kate Blanchett could knock it over and say it's fake because now that they were doing the, they were having um, Thanos Thanos do his whole thing. They had to get rid of it so that he didn't have to go there and pick oh, it up. Oh, that's the whole that reason stuff. they did that scene. Yeah. Oh, okay. just to explain it away basically. And then there was a person on, yeah, this is funny. So there was a person on set that was painted green to stand in for the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, painted? They didn't put him in a suit. Yeah, yeah. Um and then they had a five a five foot person stand next to be a stand in for Thor for so the that they could get the proportions rate, yeah. with the man that was painted green. So 
That's all my production notes, Jordan. Are you happy? Makes you wonder how much that those people get paid. I know, probably just whatever like their daily income is. Like they they probably just get paid a wage. Whatever the if they're like SAG or something. Yeah, which is probably still a nice wage. Yeah, but just this is long hours. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. Well, a weird picture. I have not done much because and shocker, right? That I haven't <laughs> done notes or anything. However, this movie doesn't have much of an additional cast, mm-hmm. kind of like Guardians do. Um, but you have, I'll start with Tessa Thompson, who is in Creed and Creed 2. Mm-hmm. She's also in, a, one. I think, the last episode of Portlandia. Okay. Um, she is in a lot of TV. And, wow, like a lot of TV. She's in the movie Selma. She oh, really? is in one episode of BoJack Horseman, I guess. Whoa. And then. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you, which came out after this. Yeah. So her first acting credit is 2005. How old is she? She is, just curious, 1983. So she's in her 30s. Um, but yeah, she, she's been in oh, Men in Black 2. That's like the last thing she was in. Terrible acting choice. Men in Black Oh, Men four. in Black 4. Yeah. Whatever. Um, with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't think of... Yeah, oh, she's okay. in Westworld, too. I knew that they were both in Thor, but I didn't think about how, like, they're both partners in Thor at a certain point and partners in Men yeah. in Black. That didn't and cross crime. my mind. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's that's Tessa Thompson. She's okay. she's becoming a household name. She's very popular. Oh, yeah. Um, then you have Jeff Goldblum, who plays... Grandmaster. Grandmaster. And I mean, need, do we need to say any of his acting credits? He, well, could you just hit with like the last two? Well, um, Jurassic Park. No, no, the last like two movies he was in before this. Oh, I'm just I know, curious. I know what you mean. He steals the show in this movie. And Hemsworth is doing great, and so is Tessa Thompson, but Jeff Goldblum steals the show. He's worth the price of admission alone. There is this thing called Peanuts in Space. Peanuts the... Uh, like charlie brown yes secrets of apollo 10 this is the description ron howard and jeff goldblum discussed the 1969 nasa apollo 10 mission that featured a lunar module named snoopy skimming around the moon's surface in preparation for the apollo 11 moon's landing does that make sense to you so it's just because they named it snoopy i don't why it's get called it. peanuts in space i don't know Okay, that's enough acting credits from him because that's too weird. Let's just let oh, that Oh, he's in The Mountain, which is a Rick Alverson movie. Okay. With Ty Sheridan. Yeah, that came out this year, right? Yeah. Micah and I saw Jeff Goldblum in Hawaii. That's true. Yeah, we um so we were in Hawaii and he has a jazz band and we were at the this was in May. Yeah. And um he uh he was playing he was going to play a set that night and we were wanting to get tickets but we weren't sure it was really expensive. And then as we were walking out of the hotel, we walked by him and he was with his wife and a couple of kids mm-hmm. and, uh, he had just gotten there. He sold his suitcase talking to, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> um, talking to a guy dressed as Santa Claus. Mind you, this is May. Yeah. So it's a Hawaiian Santa Claus. Summer Hawaii Santa Claus. Yeah. So we, we like walk by, we're like, Oh my gosh, that's Jeff Goldblum. And it's like, let's not, I mean, he's with his family. He yeah. just like, Based on his suitcase, he just got here. Yeah, we don't want to mess with him. Yeah, so, so. We, we just continue walking while staring at him like everyone else. Yeah. And this guy passes us, and he's like, huh, Santa? 
Santa's here. And we're like, oh, yeah. He, he didn't notice he Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because he looks, Jeff Goldblum looks like a celebrity to me. Yeah. Now that I've seen him in the, per- in, in the yeah. flesh. He it was cool like, though because he was talking to the Santa guy and it seemed like he wasn't like stressed out or trying to like avoid people or no. anything. I feel like if we said something, he probably would have maybe said hello. Yeah, but I'm sure him but he probably being would him, have been. He gets stopped all the time, but he probably is really good at being like, "Oh yeah, that's really nice, thank you," and just walks away. Yeah. Um. Okay, getting back to this though. Also, there's Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Oh who yeah. Was in Lord of the Rings. Galadriel. Who's Galadriel in Lord of the Rings? She is also in Blue Jasmine. She is also in The Aviator. That's Kate Blanchett. Okay. She's in so much stuff. And if you don't know who she is. You're an insane person. Yeah. And um, here's a flaming hot opinion. Yeah. And Rebecca, you are not going to like this. I don't think she's good in this movie. And not just because her character is really not that well written. I think she's a little too twirly mustachy. Yeah. Uh, I don't like her performance in the movie, and I love Kate Blanchett. I'm yeah, not. Me too. I'm not throwing that. I'm not throwing down with her. I'm just saying, I don't think this is a very good performance. Um, it's like a six yeah. out of ten. Yeah, just like this movie, six out of ten. Um, last person because he's been in a lot. Carl Urban, who plays the guy with the machine gun, the yes. guns. Um, he is the he plays Bones in Star Trek, the Star Trek movies. Oh, he also oh, plays yeah. Aomer in Lord of the Rings. Okay. Theoden's nephew, right? Yeah. Because he's their uncle. Um, and then he's just in a lot of TV shows. He's, he's, a, he's a face that everyone recognizes without even yeah. knowing that they're yeah, recognizing yeah. him. He's always really good. I think he was very funny in this movie. Okay. I was going to ask you that because... I thought he was funny. I don't, I don't... I didn't really like him in the movie. Okay. The, I thought his character was interesting because... No, the I, character was He fine. was like a worm tongue character, and I'm just like a sucker for those kinds of characters. Yes. I, I don't... I liked all of that. I didn't like the humor with him. I didn't feel like he could carry it. But I don't know if that's why I didn't like the humor or if the jokes weren't that funny to me on him. I think that the bit at the beginning of the movie when he is like the gatekeeper... Mm-hmm. And he ha- he's showing, impressing these women with all of this earth stuff that he has. Yeah. I think that's such a funny bit. Yeah. Maybe that, it just doesn't work for me. It, that maybe it, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, let's talk about the movie. Okay. So the movie opens and Thor is hanging, chained in a basket in a hellscape. That's what I like to call it. And right off the bat, he's talking to the skeleton and it's... It, its jaw kind of breaks open in the middle of him talking because he's saying like why am i here what happened why you know don't have to narrate everything he said but i did i'm covering the details because then he gets let go and he talks to this big fiery demon that's really big what that guy's name was i don't know if he said i'm sure thor was probably like hey spook and tang you yeah you know and then he says he's going i'm gonna bring ragnarok upon Asgard, the end of days, the end of things is what Ragnarok means. And it's like this prophecy of like Asgard will be destroyed. And right away, um, Thor is hanging from this chain and he gets spun around a little bit too far. And then he's like, wait, 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 just wait a second. Stop talking. And then he spins around and he's like, okay, keep talking. Oh, hang on. He's very overconfident because he's Thor. And the reason I wanted to talk in that much detail is immediately... I think this does what Taika wanted to do in that it establishes like this is not Thor 1 or 2 because the tone is so drastically different. This like comedy tone 
is because if this had been one or two, there might have been a joke. It probably would have been more the like. Uh, I mean, these are corny jokes, but they're more like situational comedy. The other one might have been like, "Hey, you're on fire. What do you boil water around these parts or something?" Have you? Read and then any- it would have been much oh. more like um, intense, probably that scene where it's right now it's played for laughs. Have you read any Thor comics? Um, no, I haven't. Curious to know if they're naturally funny or not. Oh yeah, I don't get that impression. Uh, go to our page if you've read a thor comic and then you're just going to click five stars on our itunes and then you write a review and just say if they're naturally funny or not so we know um thanks and subscribe uh so establish a new tone and then um he escapes his hammer comes and we hear the he fights out of this hellscape Mm -hmm. and as he goes he's he keeps um, asking for Heimdall to come and transport him back, the Watcher, who's Idris Elba, and nothing's happening. And then finally he gets transported. Not by him, though. Yeah, and he comes into the thing. This huge dragon is chasing him, which looks really cool. Yeah, he looks great. And then um, the portal closes just in time to where it cuts the dragon's head off and squirts like green goop all over. Green and purple, but not oh, mixed yes, together. Yes, you said, I'm yeah. curious how they did that. Yeah, that was I real. don't know. That was... Yeah, it was... It was practical blood and guts cool and then um that one guy is at the gate impressing these women and then all the blood gets on them and they scream and run out yeah what's funny is right before that he was showing him how uh the shake weight (laughs) yeah he was funny so yeah all this we're in the first like five minutes and we go okay this is pretty different from the other thor movies and by the way we both saw this in theaters together for the listener we always say where we saw the movie and um, I remember thinking that was a fun movie, but it wasn't a good movie. Which movie? This movie? Yes. Okay. And then I watched it again, and I I was like, actually, that's a good movie, and it's better than just fun. And then we watched it this time, and I settled right in the middle, where I'm like, it's a pretty okay movie. You know why this movie is automatically better than the other ones, too? Aside from the Earth thing, that obviously makes it better. They got rid of his ethnically and... Uh, like not just ethnic but like perfect team of people where he's got all the ethnic people he's got a woman he's got a fat guy he's got a skinny guy he's got a funny guy and then the the one guy that has the thick asian accent that's yeah he's got the one asian person yeah. they they just i think they even killed those people yeah they well they and killed like, one God. of them at least yeah i'm a little bummed about that personally I, especially I don't care. with him and sith who's the girl that they keep talking about no no they had to get rid of it because in the, <sighs> that was a that was one of the big problems in the dark world because it's just like obviously him and natalie portman are like together like they're they're perfect like that's that is how they have created it i'm not yes, i'm yes. not saying they're great together but they have created it that way why provide sexual attention to this other woman who clearly he does no feelings for Yes, you... So terrible. You are right. But I just want to say, for me, I just wish that Sif was, like, given her due. Because Jane has too much to do in these movies. And she's not very good, as we've previously discussed. And then we get to this movie, and they're just like, they cancel them both out. Yeah. And there's not really an explanation. They just do, like, a throwaway line where someone in New York is like, sorry that Jane broke up with you, Thor. Yeah. Which... Anytime there's a line like that and the actor is in the movie, I was like, oh, cool. So they did not sign the last contract and they didn't want to be in this. So 
I'm still like shocked that she signed on to do Thor four because she's. They must have just paid her a ridiculous amount of money. It just seems like she doesn't care about no. the franchise. So, anyway, maybe she's excited to work with Taika after seeing Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, I guess that that's could possible. make sense. Um. So then we find out that Heimdall is a traitor, and he and he's been locked away. Why? Um. I don't remember that. Well, remember it's because Loki got rid of him. Oh, yeah. And that's why he wasn't at the gate. So then Thor shows up, and there's this play happening that's all about Loki, and Odin is watching it. And um, and it stars Matt Damon as Loki in the play. Some guy we don't know as Thor, and then someone in the... Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Well, and then uh, someone dressed as Odin in the play walks out, and it's Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. So we have two Jurassic... The main characters of Jurassic Park in this movie. Um, Very funny scene. And so then, funny. then we find out they're uncredited. Yeah, we find out that um, while Thor's been gone, Loki has abdicated the throne and become the king of Asgard. I really hope I use that word right. That would have sounded so good. The Usurped the throne, and he's used his deceitful powers to look like Odin. And the thing that's kind of weird is, remember in Thor two, he quote unquote dies. Who? Loki. Okay. And then at the end of the movie, he shows up as, and you see that he took over the throne. Yeah. This movie doesn't really, I think it's again, kind of like a Jane thing where they're like, oh, you know that I didn't really die, silly brother. And you're kind of like, what? <laughs> what? You're not going to, I don't know. Sometimes I'm as like a fan of these movies and I, I, I don't think they should have spent a lot of time on it, but I'm like, couldn't they have spent like just even like a little bit of time just so that I'm not like, how did he live? Maybe I'm like a little the bit Thor confused. movies are the the most throwaway of all of the Marvel movies. Yeah, but like this one's pretty. I think it's pretty. Um, you need to watch it before Infinity War to get that full. I'm talking about specifically the Thor franchise. Oh, oh okay, okay, just that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you could probably, or at least lo- lower the ranking of it. Yeah. If you were like, I only want to watch the main movies, you could probably get away with just Captain and Iron Man and Avengers. Yeah. Really. Those are like the main characters. Um, so then he threatens Loki and then he's like, where's Odin? And then they transport to New York and he there's a retirement home that's being destroyed. And he's like, I left him right here. <laughs> Which also is confusing to me because I'm like, so you're saying Odin just like, Oh, he was in a spell. They they do explain they that They say later. that? I didn't even yes. think about it. This is the kind of stuff, a lot of times, like Marvel movies, where it's just like, okay. Yeah. It's, for some reason, sometimes I just like don't even, li- I just tune out yeah, these things. Yeah. Because I think part of it, like you're saying, is they're just explaining, they're just merging the two, the movie previous to this one. Yeah. And sometimes I'm just kind of like, I'm checking, I'll check out for 10 minutes. Well, and, and sometimes you get into the like Vision and Scarlet Witch thing where you're just like, Huh? Well, why, why are these people together? Exactly. And then it just like they explain it in like a line because what I want from the movies is like obviously they need to be consequential to the other movies, but like also just start your own, just start the movie and just move forward. I understand yeah. that you can't always do that. Mm-hmm. I understand that they've created quite a big web of this. Yes, but like it, it would just just go, just start and take off. Yeah, Guardians Two does that. Guardians 2 does I mean, they're, do that. they're obviously, because it's consequential to the other ones, there is like a little bit of that kind of stuff of setup and mentions, but the it just takes off, though. Yeah. 
I well, yeah. There's just like good ways to do it and bad ways. I I wouldn't even put this one in the category of bad. Um, but you know, I think about um Spider Man Far From Home and remember how it starts and Betty is doing a news report, the school news report, yes. and it talks about the blip. Yes. And Tony Stark. So right away. I remember Grayson hadn't seen Avengers and yeah. I, I told him the spoilers before he went and saw yeah. Spider-Man so that he could go. And he was like, you know, I think I would have been fine without the spoilers because it explained it that well oh, in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. And so um, that like that's an example of doing it really well. And they use a device in the movie. So it that that's just a great movie. I love that movie. But we're not there yet. We'll be there in December. That's when we'll be there. Um, so then they visit Doctor Strange and he... You know, this is just, it's kind of fun that the characters are all together. Um, and then they find Odin, and Odin explains that he was under a spell and that he's ready to die. He's been hanging out in, in uh, Norway, and he says that, you know, Ragnarok is coming, mm-hmm. and then your sister, who's the firstborn, is coming to destroy Asgard. And the Loki and Thor go, what? How many what now? Yeah. You're saying we got a sis? And then she immediately shows up um, right at the same time. And she's like, dang, I missed my father dying. Um, she has an outfit that I think you might have some strong opinions about. Hella. Yeah. Um, I like the colors, just black and green. Cool That's colors, fine. Yeah. Um, I think that it's, I, I understand. I think they chose utility over grandiose grandiose yeah something um which is fine um what well sorry no go ahead go ahead but uh i think that i don't even think it's like sexy that's not even what i'm saying uh-huh. like i don't i don't i mean it shows her figure but it's like she's a woman how is yeah it's gonna she has hips sorry but it's just like very don't apologize it's very bland to me mm-hmm. i think that their head her head thing is cool yeah but that's it she I don't like how like, she pulls her hair back though, and it like appears. I think that looks. I don't really stupid. have an opinion about that. Yeah. But I, I like the head thing is cool, but that's like the only intricate part about her. Yeah. And I just think like it's like, man, if you're gonna be a goddess, you should just have a re- dumb, ridiculous outfit. Yeah. That's cool. Like for me, it's like I understand, especially when you do live action, you want to kind of make it like you look at it and you understand how it works. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a fan of that. But when they're like gods and goddesses and this is like folklore stuff, yeah. like just go all out and be dumb about it. That's kind of like when they get to that world, the grandmaster world, mm-hmm. which it, it's chaos there. Like everything looks that, nuts there. That's how it, you look and you're like, I don't understand how that works. Yeah. I, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. For like, I, I would be fine with that if they spent a little bit more time with that. But I think they went more with just practicality practicality but the funny thing is about going practicality is she doesn't like Kate Blanchett herself doesn't like actually do any stunts in the movie oh because they weird. have this weird CGI like person doing it all and also and it looks really her outfit bad. I think if we looked at it you would see that it's kind of that mesh material that's what mm-hmm. it looks like and it's like sure she could have that why why not I guess but like she's thousands of years old why couldn't you make her look like more like I like, why can't you make her not updated because she's really old. She's been like gone for a really long oh, time. Like a cool ancient she, garb. Or yeah. Something. She, and she like shows up and she's wearing like, like a, a cool, like a breathable mesh outfit. Well, think about like, um, do you remember black Panther's mom in, um, black Panther? Not really. She has like this 
Well, she's wearing like a crazy an- cool dress on that's like huge and yeah. like this huge like African hat. I mean, every all yeah, the like, costumes. I mean, no wonder they won best costume. Like yeah. all the costumes in that movie are like really way, flamboyant and they and cool. did a lot of it i feel like because of cultural significance mm-hmm. this movie they should have done that for celtic cultural significance that'd have been cool and they can still like add color to it because yeah. i'm sure that celtic folklore anything just looks so depressing and boring mm-hmm. in terms of visual visuals so they could have like made it a little bit more interesting to look at but like she they're celtic people like thor even look has a kind of a like kind of a ridiculous outfit yeah you know like and it looks cool Mm-hmm. Also, it just still looks like believable that he would wear something like that. Yeah. So I kind of wish that they spent more, more time flamboyant. on her. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I, if she acts flamboyant. I actually don't totally like. I kind of like her costume. I'm not as like crazy about it. It is confusing though that they went pra- practicality when again when she's like a CGI when she fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the fight scenes with her are like hard to watch a little bit. They're so ugly. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's because. Couldn't they have just hired a stunt woman? I well, don't. I'm just confused because it's like, did you not have money for that? Which isn't true. No, because it would have cost more to have it be a body. That's why I'm confused. It's a fake body, which costs more than a stunt man doing it. Because the stunts are not crazy. It's just yeah. a couple of flips. Like, and you know, in our Guardians episode, we did mention how when they use CGI, it's like cartoony. Mm-hmm. But that has a certain that that movie has a tone. Yeah. that allows that. This movie, even though it was funnier. I don't think it has that tone still, especially yeah, with, the, with yeah. the Asgard stuff. So that's why it looks worse, I yeah. think. Yeah. This sounds like I really don't like the movie. I like the movie. Yeah. It's a six out of 10 for me. It's just the hella stuff as I have really have not been able to connect with all well, three times parts, I've watched it. Let's get to the parts that we do like. So as they're fighting her, they, they get beamed back to Asgard, but she, she fights them hammer. off of it. She destroys oh, his hammer. Yes. That's a very pivotal yeah. part. Thank you for remembering. So Thor's like, I have no more powers. Uh, I'm Thor. You yeah. Know? And then um, she shoves him off the rainbow bridge as they're headed back up there. And uh, Loki and him both land on Sakaar, which is a trash planet. And mm. this is where you can tell that Taika is into this section of the movie. Because mm. everything on Sakaar is like seven to eight out of ten. Like and a it's lot of it's practical. So good. The designs are cool. The planet's cool. And the story on Sakaar is awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, so you have, like, he crash lands, and then there's these junkers that kind of have that where, again, cool designs that try and capture Thor. And then Valkyrie, who's Tessa Thompson, she shows up. And I love when she shows up because it kind of. Um, it, it, it uh, subverts expectations quite yeah. a bit because she walks out of her spaceship and she goes, that guy is mine. And she's drunk. And she's kind of doing like the sexy dance. No, the se- she's no, drunk. no, I know, I know. Oh, okay. She's doing like kind of like she's starting to do like the sexy girl superhero walk. Yeah. And then she just falls off of her runway into garbage because she's drunk. Oh, sorry. I forgot about that. <laughs> and I just think it's so funny because I, I, that had to be a conscious decision of them being like, the audience has seen the quote sexy girl get out. Let's like give her an actual characteristic and make her a person instead of just an object. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, she's the probably, I mean, she's up in like the top three most interesting characters in this movie. Yep. Cause she rules. Yep. And she has a good arc. Really good arc. Good. Like, yeah. Like she, so you find out she's a Valkyrie, which is uh, like a all women fighting force, fighting force in Asgard. Asgard who, 
have pretty much gone extinct because of Hella K. Blanchett. Um, yeah. And what? I just, I, I want to pipe in, but I want you Shut to finish. Um, and so they have, it's a really cool, this, this kind of stuff I really like that they've been doing more. And mm-hmm. I kind of hope they would do more of it going forward. Is they that like hyper slow-mo and it looks like a picture. Looks like a painting. Or a painting. Yeah. And everything's moving very slowly. And she's writing a Pegasus. Yeah. And it's a, it's just a little snapshots of the battle, seeing all of her like family get killed. And then she's here now. And she what she does is she brings contestants to um Jeff Goldblum. Who's the grandmaster? Who's the grandmaster? To fight. And you you understand why she drinks all the time. Yeah. So she's trying to forget. What Asgard happened? and like because the honorable thing to do would be to go back to Asgard but she has too much shame and she doesn't want to yeah um but what I wanted to pipe in is in that scene um where Thor's like wait you're a Valkyrie and he finds out a little bit later I'm jumping ahead but we we're talking about her arc um when he does that yeah I felt <laughs> it was just so funny because I related to what he was saying um, and he goes, oh, that's like the all-female fighting force <laughs> yeah, in Valkyrie. Yeah. And he's like, which, you know, I'm all about. Like, well, he was, having, okay, hang on a second. Okay. He's like, you know, saying like, having like girls fight for us, that's great. Like, you can totally do that. I love that and all that stuff. But the way he says it is, it's like, okay, you don't have to clarify. And I just felt as someone, as a man, like when I talk about a movie that's like, all girls or something, I think sometimes I might come across that way. And I don't oh, mean to, but yeah. I'm just like, no, no, it's really cool. Well, um, he says that he's like, I've always wanted to be a Valkyrie until, of course, I found out that it's only women, which <laughs> is great. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's just, and it's it, that I totally related to that idea where you're kind of like, oh, I'm backed in a corner, but I just mean to say I support you. Like, yeah. I'm into this. Yeah. It's like, why do you, I don't need your support. And yeah, I'm like, and it's like, yeah, no, I get just it. Just stop I get talking. It. <laughs> um, anyway, I just wanted to pipe that in. Um, so she gets Thor, takes him to Grandmaster, and we meet Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. We also, that's when we discover that Loki's there. So Thor's a prisoner. Loki is like integrated himself into the high society. Yes. Through his like mischief and smooth ways. Cause you imagine that he got there the same way, mm-hmm. you know, but he talked his way into not dying. Yeah. Um, talked his way out of not dying. And what's cool is when Thor is like, before he meets the Grandmaster, he's like kind of in this chair and there's this narration happening. And it plays the Come With Me Willy Wonka be. song. Yeah. Gene Wilder is that guy's name, right? It's whose name? Willy Wonka. Yes. The other day we were trying to remember what his name oh, was. Oh, yeah, we couldn't remember. Gene Wilder. Yes. Uh, love. I love Gene Wilder so much. Right. Oh, we got to get, I keep on forgetting to get Bride of Frankenstein. You wanted to watch yes. that. Oh, I love. Keep talking. Yeah. I'm going to get um, it from the library right now. So. That song's playing, um, and then the narration is just an interesting choice because it's just a very like normal girl's voice, and that's because you would think it'd be computerized, and it's not. I, I just am like so fascinated with like why they chose that voice. Like it, it <laughs> yeah. almost sounds. It's like it sounds as normal as mine, you know. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. So then meets Grandmaster. It's Jeff Goldblum doing Jeff Goldblum. Why would we even imitate it? And it's very funny. Yeah. And every scene with him is, is just so funny. And he he's just, I mean, it is truly like they said, they just let him do whatever they want. I mean, I'm sure they have. Whatever he wants. Probably like, yes, he. Uh, 
like hours of footage of him just standing there saying strange things. And what's crazy is if you're like a little unfamiliar about of with Jeff Goldblum, watch his hot ones interview on YouTube on YouTube. Oh my gosh. And, or I emphasis and listen to his Conan, the Conan needs a friend podcast and he's a guest on it. Yeah. Listen to that and you listen to it and watch it and you are like, Oh, so when he's in Thor Ragnarok, he's, he's just, he's not acting. They just put makeup and a costume on him. And they said, (laughs) talk. Yeah. Just like you need to get from point A to point B, how you get there, we don't care. And and they're doing they're doing shots where you're just looking at him and he's doing stuff like hmm. And no dialogue. Uh-huh. That, I mean, that's how good he just he lo- <laughs> he soaks so, up the camera. What are they saying? It's so funny. He's like I'm just I guess I'll just make it up, but he's he's like, Yeah, um, you know, those those one people and like what we did with them one time. And he looks at Thor as if he's about to explain it. Uh-huh. But all he does is just he looks at him and he's like, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and he plays it. music when he's talking to Thor. He walks to a synthesizer and he's playing music. So he's a musician. And he has this like melting staff <laughs> and there's this other guy in a chair next to Thor who has super cool makeup on. Very cool. And all Jeff Goldblum touches him with the stick and the man melts he like smokes and melts and this whole time and the whole he time he's this... like screaming about how bad how much it hurts and thor's just like he's screaming watching yeah. it yeah it's so terrifying and then and then the grandmaster has this like side like his right hand man is this woman who we're pretty sure is from new zealand and she's really into like violence and conflict. Like the whole movie, whenever he's doing something violent, her eyes light up. Well, like, it's so funny. When Tessa Thompson brings Thor and and he's like, I don't remember what her name is. Let's just call her Sally. He's like, Sally, what do we always say about her? She it starts with a B and she's like trash. He and goes, he's like, that, that doesn't, doesn't even start, start with, with a B. B. <laughs> and the whole time it's just like for some reason she hates Tessa Thompson, but they never they never, never show explain it. it. I love it. It's so funny. So. So Thor is a contestant. He is taken yeah. to the like waiting area. And he meets a rock person who's played by the director of the movie. What's his name again? Taika Waititi. No, no. the. No, I know. Uh, I don't know what his name is. I have it right here. And he's he's talking. To, I mean, it's Korg. just Korg. Korg or Cork? Korg with a G. Okay. Is it K-O-R-G? Yes. Okay. Um, I was wondering if it was a C or a K. That's why I asked. And he just is, it's this big rock guy, and he just has this adorable New Zealand little, like, voice. Very, uh-huh. very soft. He's I'm just so looking funny. at Taika Waikiti's pictures on. I mean, there's... He's so funny. There's not really... I mean, I don't know really what to... Because it's like we could go through the jokes. He's just a... No. He's a rock person, and he's so gentle. And yeah. he says that he tried starting a revolution, but he didn't print out enough pamphlets. <laughs> and you're just like... Where would he print the... Never mind. Never <laughs> yeah, mind. Yeah. So that's super funny. He kind of explained a little bit of how this all works for Thor. And Thor's like, well, I'm a god, so I'm going to get out. And then Korg's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And and then he's like, see you later, new Doug. Because the last person that was in was named Doug. And he tried to like win and he got killed by what we find out is the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. So Thor is getting ready to fight mm-hmm. the Grandmaster's big dude. And his hair is cut, which is a big thing. By uh, the one and only creator of Thor himself, Stan Lee. Yes. And very, very funny scene. Good cameo. Yeah. Good um, cameo. Hair's cut looks a million times better personally to me. Yeah. Oh, um, I agree. You know what's funny is 
I I think I got to a point where I was like another Stan Lee cameo, but now now having fallen back in love with Marvel, reading comic books like crazy, and then after unfor- his unfortunate death, um, not unfortunate. It didn't. It was a normal death, but I mean, you know, it's sad that he died. I find those moments like so fun each time now. Yeah. They're like more fun than they were when I first saw them. Yeah. Now that I am watching it. So anyway, go ahead. Uh, well, then his hair gets cut and he goes out to the big arena. And Loki is up in the box with Jeff Goldblum yeah. to watch it. Um, and he sees that it's, Thor sees that it's Hulk is the Grandmaster's big dude. And he's just so excited because he's like, we're friends from work. Like, I know this guy. Yeah. And then you see that it's not Bruce Banner. It's Hulk, it's just which means Hulk. so he can't like he's trying to talk to him and be like, dude, calm down. Like, it's me. You know who I am. But he doesn't know who he is. You yeah. know, like he's he's Hulk. He is not Bruce Banner. And what's kind of wild is um, they fight and the Thor has an electric implant on his neck. Mm-hmm. And had the fight continued, Thor would have beat him. So Thor is actually more powerful than Hulk, which is kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. Like he has that much power. And the reason why the fight is stopped is because he is about to kill or he wouldn't kill him, yeah, but like incapacitate Hulk and Jeff Goldblum. Cause he is like the ruler of this world mm-hmm. and he's very corrupt. And he's yeah. like, the Hulk's my dude. No one can beat him. Oh no. Someone's about to beat him. Fight's over guys. Yeah. So. And, good. but, but, and then we flash to back to Hela and she goes into she's at Asgard. She's made um she's had kind of a revolt, and then the one guy has turned into the worm tongue, like he's helping her. Yeah. And um Heimdale's off like collecting the Asgardians and helping them live and hide in the mountains. And then uh she goes into the main palace and she just kind of she's been kind of hinting a little bit at how like the it was the whole um Kingdom was built on lies. And I just think this theme is not hit hard enough. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Because then she just kind of walks in and she does the, like, everything's fake in here. She pulls down the ceiling with with all the, like, moving the artwork. historical artwork. And, and it sees that her and Odin were, like, conquering all these worlds, like, by force. By force, yeah. Years earlier. And I just, I feel like, one, it kind of, I don't know, I... I it just, I feel like it could be much more impactful, her entire storyline. Because, like, <clears throat> like Thor didn't know he had a sister. Yeah. Suddenly he found out he has a sister. Doesn't seem phased by it. You know what? I think maybe could have made this a whole heck of a lot better. Is if there was some sort of scene, maybe between Loki and Thor, where they reconciled with the fact, two facts, that they had a sister... Because I think they just kind of are like, oh, we got a sister, whatever. Well, Loki's technically not his brother, but... Yeah, but if... I mean, I think they could have this, like, heart-to-heart moment, is what I mean. Like, a scene where they do that, and then in that same scene where Thor could maybe even question, like... Because he kind of goes over um, the whole entire... Like like when he, he when he finds out that it's just the people of Asgard, he kind of realizes that he... Why is my Do Not Disturb not working? Because your phone's open. Ugh, that's annoying. Okay. Um, I'm going to cut right here, so hang on a second. Scene where Loki and him also discuss how, like, maybe Thor doesn't 
want to fight for Asgard or or something because he's confused about what its origins were. Or to play on that. Because, you know, the, the end of the movie, he realizes it's not the place he was saving. It was the people. Mm-hmm. Maybe he it'd be interesting if he came to that on his own conclusion or if he still had that conversation with Idris Elba about yeah. it. And at some point in the movie, that's his turning point of like, because he, he finds out that this kingdom is built on violence mm-hmm. and death. And he thinks like, okay, I'm going to take these people away from it. Yes. Yes. I, that was kind of playing on your idea. Yes. Yes. And, and, and also just, I, I would like to see how he reacts to the fact that his father is not who he thinks he is mm-hmm. because he never really reacts to that. He's just like, dang, my dad died. His, my dad just disappeared like a Jedi. Yeah. Cause he reached enlightenment, I guess. And, and I just, I just want to see, because this movie actually like shows that Odin is maybe not such a great guy, mm-hmm. but they don't they don't really address that. They just address that Hell is bad, but not that Odin's bad. And I think that's kind of what's lacking. From it's that. like he's he's too easily forgiven. Yeah, yeah. Well, they don't even like address if he even needs forgiveness. They're just like, yeah, he did that, but he changed. Whatever. Um, don't really hunt at evil kingdom. Just reveal it really well because it seems like no one is really interested in this section of the movie. Cut that out, Micah. Was that your stomach? Yeah. Or was that the sink? No, it was my stomach. Okay. So now we're back to Sakaar. And um, we have the, the, the whole sequence with um, Thor and Hulk um, hanging out in their room together. And he's basically getting trying to calm him down and be like, we know each other. We fought together. We need to go back to Earth. And Hulk's like, no, I'm staying here. Because yeah. this to him has become like... Like, I think he mentions, like, people on Earth hate Hulk. Mm-hmm. People on here love Hulk. Yeah. Why would I leave? Yeah. Um. So Thor's like, fine, I'm going to leave myself. And so he, he tries to leave. He can't. Tessa Thompson shows up. He's trying to convince her to help him leave, to mm-hmm. also get her to leave, too, because, like, she's a Valkyrie. Like, you have motivation to leave. Um, And then they all get out of there. They like Hulk like grabs and like jumps out the window. Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, he removes. No, no, no. no. The what device. happens is he Thor gets out because he steals the neck taser thing from Tessa, mm-hmm. and he goes to the ship that that a Hulk came here in. Yeah. Because it's a Avenger ship. So he's like, "Cool, I'll fly back." So he's trying to get it to work. Meanwhile, Hulk finds him and like destroys the fish. The fish. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> thinking about fish. The ship because he's huge. Yeah. Wait, did and you already say that that's the ship from Ultron that he got yes, there Yes, the on? Avenger ship that, oh, yeah. that the Hulk got here in. From um, and then, Age uh, of Ultron, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm, just I'm kidding. getting the look. I'm just kidding. Uh, a video of uh, Black, Black Widow, Widow shows up, and that's what gets Hulk to turn back into Bruce. Yeah, which I like. Me too. Lot. I love that. Yeah. So he has not been Bruce Banner for a very long time. So he doesn't even know where he is. Well, it's been two years since he's been yes. uh, Bruce Banner. Yeah, so he's very confused. They do such a funny thing where he he's naked because he's a normal size yeah. again. Yeah. And the only clothes that he can have that he has are Tony Stark's clothes. Uh-huh. And he keeps pulling at his crotch. And it's like, just, these pants are so tight. It's such a funny joke. And he does it like like most of the rest Ruffalo of the movie. is really good in this movie. He's so funny. Yeah. yeah. He's got some... Uh, I think I, at one point I was like, this guy's watched The Office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's doing he definitely camera has takes. Like, some, some gym in him. Yeah. Um, so then they find Tessa. They find 
Loki. Oh, also, meanwhile, with all this going on, um, Jeff Goldblum's like, my my Hulk is gone. Everyone go find him. Yeah. And I'll give you a reward. So they're trying to escape, although it's not hard for Mark for Bruce because he's now Bruce. Yeah, but but it, what's hard is um uh he's like he's like okay, we'll just get out of here. And then he he says that whole thing and he's like I just have to make sure nothing stresses me out. They go around the corner and there is like a a, a Hulk parade. A Hulk parade and there's green people everywhere in the Hulk mask and face on billboards very, and stuff. And he's funny. like, "Uh." Yeah. And then Tessa Thompson finds them and is like, "Come with me." They go to her yeah, place. Yeah, she's like, "I'm going to help you now." Yeah. And do you see that she has Loki? Yeah. Uh bound. Um Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And then what's <laughs> what's interesting about this is Mar or Bruce, I'm trying not to say his name. Bruce has not seen Loki since of the first Avengers. Yeah, and he's so like, he's why like, are last you time here? I saw you, you were trying to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. So he's very just like apprehensive the whole time around him. Yeah. Which is just so well acted. And Love like it. I probably I mean, I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's great <laughs> that they kept all that stuff. Yeah. And then basically they all break out. And on a, one of the Grandmaster's orgy ships. So there's part <laughs> the I love the song. It's so weird. They press a button. It's it was the song he was playing on the synth earlier in the movie. But it's like By the it's way, the my birthday. <laughs> oh yeah, they, <laughs> so no, yeah, it is different. It's so yeah. gross. Yeah. Um by the way, the soundtrack to this or the score to this movie is awesome. Yep. So good. Yep. Like this is totally like a maybe even a workout or like a study soundtrack i feel like where you're like i gotta get some stuff done yeah <laughs> um and they steal that then they they show up to um asgard to the final showdown of hella and they fight on the rainbow bridge which is a cool set i like uh, the the fight there yeah. um for the most part yeah. um they have the ghost soldiers which is dumb i think i don't like the ghost soldiers it's just it's so crazy how much it's from Lord of the Rings. And I don't and I'm not saying they ripped it off. I'm not saying that. No, no. Because I'm sure this is all from comic books. Yeah. And not even saying the comic books ripped it off. But it's just funny that she all the people escape to a mountain, which is what they did in Helm's Deep. They all escape yeah. through a mountain. <laughs> and then um she resurrects the dead army. Uh -huh. And they do the same thing in the Return of the King. And I think there was another thing that I was like, oh, that's kind of, oh, the worm tongue thing to me just reminds me of like, yeah. that's, but also it's and like, two actors from Lord this of the is Rings. just like story devices. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it can't be ripping off. I just think it's funny because well, the it is ghost, folklore. The ghost army is on the good guys in Lord of the Rings. Right. Right. But uh, then there's this thing that. And there's this huge wolf. It's so cool. big. I, I love like the wolf. The wolf. Um, I, so then this thing happens that Mike and I like have a problem with is when, so Thor's down there fighting now. And then mm. Bruce is like, I can help. Yeah. And he's like, basically like, I'll turn back into the Hulk and, and he, I'll be the Hulk. Yeah. So he jumps out of the ship as Bruce. From like, I don't know, 200 feet. And then just lands on the bridge as Bruce. But like, not just lands, like he collides and like, oh, that guy broke his neck. That guy is dead. Because the thing is, is when he is... And, Maybe we're wrong. I don't know. I haven't read comic books, but like when he's Bruce, he is a human being. Yeah. So if he, I'm assuming if you he could break his arm way. as easily as I can break my arm. Yeah. That's what I would think as well. Um, it's kind of weird. I, it's just, it's a scene that's played for laughs and in, I just wish it wasn't there. I just wish he landed as the Hulk mm -hmm. and fights. Cause yeah. I, I just don't think, I don't think it's worth the joke. Yeah. 
Uh, it's just one of those things. But it's easy to look past, too. So I have the big fight. Uh-huh. Um, and wh- what's crazy is Hela, Hela comes and she cuts out Thor's eye. Mm-hmm. And then they're fighting, and and she Meanwhile, has this, this whole time. He's still like because he doesn't have his hammer. He thinks you know he's inadequate. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this great scene. This I love. I love. This is like when he oh. goes to his dad. When he goes, he goes. She says, "What were you the god of again?" Is what she says. And then it flashes to him in Norway, and there's this drum that's like boom, and it and it zooms in on Odin. And then they're talking, and he's like, Odin's like, "Why do you think the hammer gives you your power?" The the power's always been within you. You just the hammer was just to um it was just a channel for it. The channel, and then it flashes back, and she she says it again. You know what were you the god of again? And then lightning starts sparking from his fingertips, and then thunder comes down, and or lightning comes down and thunder, and then it like shoots her, and then and he goes to the bridge, and he's just wreaking havoc mm. on everybody. But he still can't beat Hela with all of that. And then he goes, yo. Well, it's almost to me as if it has to be the prof- the prophecy fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember, Ragnarok was supposed to happen. Yeah. So then does he tell Loki to go to the museum? Yes. I think it's Loki. Yeah, no, it's him. Yep. Because he takes the like crown thing of that guy from the beginning of the movie, puts yeah. it in the eternal flame. Yeah. And then uh the big monster from the beginning starts destroying Ragnarok. They round up all the people onto the Get ship. On a ship. Um the one guy from Lord of the Rings Oh what it like sneaks onto the yeah. ship as a pedestrian with like hooded because he's a traitor to um well, their side. The, so the thing is is the reason why they got this giant ship because it's not the ship that they came on, Korg and the little bug dude and some other people from Sakar because there's a mutiny going on at Sakaar and the Grey Master's being taken over. Uh-huh. Um, and so they steal a ship, like a really big ship, and they go to Asgard. And they're kind of like an ex mo- like a sort of an ex machina for them. Yeah. Because it's like, where are we going to go? Here's a giant ship with all of the, the with Korg, the rock dude, and everyone. And then yeah. that character, the Wormtum character, they see him and he's like, hey, you want to come on our ship? Oh, and I that, didn't catch that's, that. This that's, time. I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. Maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. that's what it sounded like. Could have said that's a Loki too, but I don't think so. Because well, I uh, he sneaks on though. Yeah, he does. He, and then and then he they're getting attacked still, and he's like, I gotta do this. And he takes out his guns and he dies valiantly by Hella's hand. Mm-hmm. And then the big fiery monster kills Hella and Asgard's um, destroyed because that's the, the fulfilling the prophecy. Yeah. And that's when Idris is like, it's not the the place, it's the people. And they all float away. And they're like, basically, it's like, this is going to be great. They're like, where are we going to go to? And then they decide to go to Earth. Well, that's the the decision on this ship is made. Yeah. That they'll go to Earth. And then you cut to mid-credit sequence. A big ship is in front of them. Or behind, uh, in front of them. And we'll find out later it's Thanos. And he's about to kill just about everyone on that ship. ship, Which means Asgard's pretty much done. Yep. Um, Early as a people. Yeah. And then what what happens in the post post credit scene? I think it's just a goof scene. Oh, the grandmaster is getting arrested for staging a, like all the people revolting. He comes out and of his like, ship and he's like, "You can't have a tyrant or you can't really good revolution, guys. We really we couldn't have done this without all of us. Well, without and, and a he's, grandmaster. He's like he well he says like you can't have you can't have a revolution without a tyrant. So mm-hmm. um let's call it a tie and then it cuts to black. <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah so um i think in general 
I do think that there's a lot of bad in the movie, and it even it the bad is like a five out of ten, but the good is like a seven or eight, so it evens to a six for me. Um, I love all the stuff on Sakaar. I think that the stuff on Asgard is not great until the very ending, and mm-hmm. then it's really cool. When um, the prophecies fulfilled I yeah guess. yeah and i like how the prophecy is like fulfilled in that way it's interesting yes but um uh yeah i don't think it's the best i it's probably my least favorite of phase three movies that's not true oh ant-man and the wasp i always yeah. forget that movie doesn't even exist to me i know i, hate I that wish movie. i could pretend that it didn't uh, but now we're doing this podcast which means i have to watch it again i know i was hoping never to watch it again <gasps> and then we had this <gasps> good idea we said hey i have an idea we're putting together a team yeah usually when you don't like something that makes for good content like mm-hmm. good like podcast yeah i don't think that's gonna be a good episode well, no our, i'm probably gonna be in a bad mood the but whole our time. ant-man episode was really good and that movie yeah. is maybe worse than ant-man and the wasp i mean i don't know because the well, villain was so terrible yeah but remember in ant-man and the wasp you do have that like whole last sequence where the action is cool where they're they're doing the car chase and yeah. tim heidecker's in it you know so yeah they talk uh, whatever i don't want to talk about it right now so as far as the future um thor is coming out with another movie it was announced at comic-con it is called thor love and thunder and natalie portman is returning as the woman thor as the woman thor i don't really know what that means um it uh i I don't know that's kind of it's kind of a whatever announcement to me um let's see does it say when it's coming out um um, 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 um. november 5th 2021 Hmm. so we got two years for that one and i did see this i hope this isn't true kat dennings reportedly returning as darcy for thor love and thunder what's the source um pink villa oh that could be a rumor then. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Um, I don't think I've ever told you about this, but I, you know, I Google Star Wars just about every day to see if there's any news. And for every, I'm not kidding you, every single new movie that they've come out with, every single one of them, they have reported that Thomas Hayden Christian is gonna. Uh, oh, Anakin oh. Skywalker is is going to be in oh, the movie. Weird. Like reportedly, he's been seen on set or something. They've said it for Force Awakens. They've said it for um, Last Jedi. And they're saying it for <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. I think they even said it for Rogue One. Why would and maybe they do that? They they're always like that. Th- those are the reports, and and they're they're saying it again this time. And I'm like, he's not going to be in the movie. It wouldn't make any sense. And like, who would they be appeasing? Like, because nobody likes his performance. So mm-hmm. it'll be funny though if in the because when this podcast comes out, the movie will be out. So mm-hmm. maybe people will be like, Micah, you, you got egg on your face. But we're gonna track the arc on. Thor's character when we get into Avengers Endgame, because that's kind of when his arc has completed for the series um, up to now. Uh, thank you for listening. Next week is Black Panther. Cool. So that's going to be fun. Pretty refreshing, I got some hot too. opinions about that movie. You do. I really like Black Panther. I really like it, too, but it's not perfect. No, it's definitely not perfect, but it won it's some Oscars. definitely But not that perfect. also doesn't mean that it's good. Anyway. It's, a, it's impressive, though. Yes, I don't know when this is coming out, but I know I have a song out called The Dance, and I might have my second single released by now. Um, Cool. I'm not sure. I didn't look at the calendar before we recorded. So um, if I do, check it out on all the things, please. Thank you. Adios, amigos. (laughs) 